Welcome to episode three of the Party Wagon Podcast, where we talk about all things Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, past, present, and future. I'm Brendan from the YouTube channel, Brendan's Rambles. And I'm Eric from the YouTube channel, No, You Grow Up. All right, so this episode later, we're going to be talking about the movies, specifically the 1990s movies. First, of course, before we get to the main attraction, it wouldn't be the Party Wagon Podcast if we didn't talk about some toys first. So <laughs> there's been a lot of a lot of toy news uh since the last time we recorded our our last episode so uh what are your opinions on some of the best some of the worst that you've seen so far so it's kind of funny because there has been a lot of stuff that's been announced but not really not there's not a lot that's really making me excited out of everything that's been announced it's kind of like either more stylized stuff that's not really action figures or there's the loyal the loyal subject stuff that's came out and I, I am surprisingly excited about some of that as far as the other stuff like there just seems to be a lot of like the donkey kong mode stuff coming out right now with the big heads and stuff like that so um <laughs> plastic cell put out that ronin figure and i can't remember what the other company has put out the tune figures that kind of have the big heads and stuff like that and I'm I'm very indifferent on stylized stuff to begin with, but like just starting off with the Supercell one, like it has great detail, but it's just a stagnant statue and it is insanely expensive. It's like damn near $400, I think. And I think uh, it's even more than that. I think it started even more than that for the small one too. So, oh my God. I, I see I, the one I thought, so I could have swore it said like 356 or something for the okay. price, but I could be wrong. And same with like the movie shredder is like that. And like you said, you think that's an older one. So uh, yeah. regardless, the, the, the weird thing is though. So I saw, I looked up the turtles, the movie turtles from that line. And uh, they're, you know, they're only on the aftermarket because mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if I was looking at auctions. It was just real quick, but I saw like under 200 for all of them on eBay. Hmm. So it's like, I wonder if these are, you know, they're they're asking for insane prices and kind of like Super 7, the prices are deflating uh, on the aftermarket. I'm not sure. I could be totally wrong. They could be going for $3,000 on the aftermarket. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. I like... I think I'm I'm cooler with stylization popular characters as long as those popular characters have gotten accurate figures before and the Turtles have gotten a lot of figures. So um, I'm okay with that. I just, I never really cared for the big head stuff as much you know the, the nba jam big head yeah. mode kind of thing um like uh it depends i mean i have like you know an angry video game nerd figure and a nightmare before christmas figure where they have the big heads and stuff but like i usually don't go for that stuff especially in like the more serious realistic style of the movie turtles or the last ronin where like there's so much detail put into those and they look so good but then it's wasted on like this weird looking abomination that like I'd rather just have that level of detail and have a normal sized head and have like a good statue of the last drone. And even then I wouldn't buy it for that price. It just, I, yeah, I don't, I don't get the appeal of like, we put so much effort in this, make this look as accurate as possible. And then we make the head three times the size of the body. Like I don't, it's like a glorified pop vinyl for me. <laughs> and that's how I feel about it too. Like, like you said, like, I, I would definitely say, and again, if you if I'm not holding it in hand, I can't really judge it too well. But I mean, it looks like it almost has more detail in a NECA figure. Like I feel like it does have like statue style detailing, but again, it just looks so good. And then you just get to that giant head, and there's just it's just not appealing to me. I don't know what it is, but just yeah, like it looks like a bobblehead that doesn't bobble. And like you said, from the neck down, it's like a perfect sculpt of what you would want for a Ronin figure, but. 
it just it takes it from looking cool to just goofy for me and i can understand like some people might think it's cute or something but yeah cute is not something that i spend hundreds of dollars on for one figure and that is just the other thing too that i feel like people dunk on super seven for their prices and stuff like that we did yeah yeah exactly and but this is just outrageous you know what i mean like hundreds of dollars for one figure the heads look good like if they were just heads yeah they were on a bigger body they wouldn't look bad at all exactly like it's like they took two good parts from two different figures and just put them together to make it terrible you can basically create that yourself for half the price. Just buy the the seven inch movie NECA figures, like buy that <laughs> Raphael, then buy the 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 one fourth scale one. Chop the head off, put it on the the, the seven inch body, and there you go. You go. That's about <laughs> what it is. That's about how it looks to me. And also, I I don't I understand people might think it's cute, but cute is not something I associate with the last Ronin. <laughs> no, and, and I think that's what it is more so than anything. Because we can talk about the the two turn the two turn turtle the two 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 tune turtles that got announced as well. Um, because yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But that's a really good point. Like the Ronin, I mean, we're finally getting the adult version of turtles again, which is essentially what everybody our age ultimately wants. We want adult turtles, and then you take that and make it more kitty i mean i don't even know if kitty's the right word but it does it just kind of takes the seriousness out of it and i mean when i think of the last ronin like that tugs on my heartstrings i'm not gonna lie you know what i mean like that that's a very heart-wrenching series to read like it's not one that makes you feel good you feel bad most of the time you're reading (laughs) that series and yeah Yeah, that's just like what i like about the figures too like the neca figures and even the playmates figure like they look dark and gritty and it that's just how that property is to me so that's like what i want out of figures from that i guess i'm never going to buy this because you know i don't i don't spend like over a thousand dollars or whatever on or like you know six hundred dollars on a standalone thing i mean except for you know scratch or something but (laughs) but yeah there there was the ronin statue they released with like the ghost brothers behind him yeah and that's beautiful. Like if I was going to splurge a ton of money on something last Ronin related, it would be that statue. It wouldn't Definitely. be a, a non-bobbling bobblehead. Like yeah. that's because that actually pays respect to the, the, the series. That's like, it's a beautiful statue. There's so oh, much work put into it. Like it's one of those like kind of like first four figures kind of like things where it's, it's, they do a lot of game statues and like, oh, those are always over a thousand dollars. And it's like, yeah. yeah, on one note, that's ridiculous. But you also look at it and you're like, I mean, this is more work went into this than most things that are being sold at you know art museums. So oh, yeah, <laughs> like, and that's yeah. so I feel like that's something that we don't really talk a lot about in the action figure world is like the quarter scale statue game, which yeah. like I, I like to joke around about expensive figures. Like I like to joke around and be like, oh, hot toys are dolls because they're expensive. I can't afford them. You know what I mean? But they're beautiful. Like I mean, hot toys are amazing. You know what I mean? But quarter yeah. scale statues, like I can't even like pretend to joke about them because I mean they literally are their art. Like I mean they're just yeah. a totally different ball game. But like I, I don't even know. Like I just can't ever imagine I'm gonna be at the point in my life where I have that kind of dispensable income where I'm just like because I think the Ronin one came in a uh, regular one and then the deluxe one with the brothers. So I think they were at yeah. two very different price points too. And I think it was like around eight hundred dollars or so to add the brothers. It was a pretty good chunk of change and. Yeah, those yeah. things are beautiful, but I just, oh man, I just, I can never imagine getting to the point of normalizing spending money on stuff yeah. like that. I know there was one I always wanted, a uh, character from Ocarina of Time, uh, Darunia, the Goron chief guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a beautiful figure. It's, I mean, if you want to call him beautiful, it's kind of weird, but, uh, you know, it's a great <laughs> figure. But 
it's like over a thousand dollars and it's the one dude so it's like i've always been like never getting that but uh but to get four characters and with all that detail and there's even like you know i think there's like even like ground below them like street below them some details yeah there's they're always built on like something that like kind of raises them up so they can get into like a position i'm not sure if he's on a rooftop or it's been so long since i've seen that i can't really remember yeah for 800 that's really good you know i have a quarter scale uh, poison from final. Oh, I mean, it's more than that. that. It was a couple grand for that statue. I'm pretty sure. I think it was like $800 just to add the brothers onto the statue. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. That yeah. makes more. I think, yeah, the upgrade to get the brothers on the back was like $800 or something. I'm pretty sure the regular one started at like 16 or something like that. And the other one, I can't oh, remember shit. exactly, but yeah, quarter scale statues are expensive. Yeah, I only have one. I have uh, poison from Final Fight from Capcom Street Fighter, whatever. Oh, nice. Um, And she, I got her for like a weirdly good deal. Uh, really good payment plan. Actually, like we didn't talk about in the toy hall video. It was also kind of, uh, I accidentally, I didn't know let's make a deal on eBay was a commit to buy. I thought it was like, I could just shoot around some prices and see where he wants to go. I'm like, oh shit, I'm like supposed to buy this now for this price. I didn't know that. So, hey, as so someone we'll- who sells a lot on eBay, thank you for not backing out by the <laughs> way. Cause I can't tell you how annoying that is when someone sends you an offer and you accept it and they're like, Oh, on second thought, I'm not gonna get it. Sorry, man. Like that happens a lot. Like it's oh, hard really? to believe how often it does. I debated that, and I was like, you know, what? I don't want to be a dick. And it's like, yeah, it's a good payment plan. I'm paying. I mean, it's already paid off, but it's like, you know, it wasn't. I got it for a really good price, also, because it's like missing an accessory and stuff. But uh, it's just who's supposed to have like swappable faces? I think it's missing the other face. But yeah. whatever. It was the only quarter scale statue I got, and even then it was kind of an accident. So it's like, uh, yeah, I'm not into the, I don't really collect quarter scale figures because they're so expensive. I know they do a lot of like Street Fighter ones and stuff, and they look really nice. Yeah, it's just, it's just not reasonably in my price range. And they also just take up so much space that it's like, I could spend less money on like 20 other figures I can put in that same spot where only one would go where I would spend, you know, a ton of money on it. So yeah. At the end of the day though, if you sit down and break down some, I'm sure, especially some of your playmates shelves, I feel like you could probably, there's probably a lot more money sitting on those shelves than you think of exactly. Like I I only have like basic playmates figures. I haven't even bought any high end stuff. And I feel like you have a pretty respectable collection going for the higher end stuff. Yeah. As far as I guess the main line goes, not, so much for this the sub lines like the turtle variants i don't have as many of the rare ones of those because i don't i don't care as much about the rare ones as i just want the turtle variants i had as a kid but yeah you know i have scratch hotspot complete uh even those like those are the big ones shogun show uh yeah. like that kind of stuff Once again show just for again at the price you got it at just blows my mind but, i mean <laughs> yeah, he's one that i know keeps going up like he's probably like a higher mid-tier figure right now like he's probably pushing between 750 and a grand i haven't checked in a while i got him from like, uh-huh. like 260 i think like 200 or something, yeah, something that's like, not that... in new in package too wasn't it yeah, it was mint in package, and I ripped that. And then should we say <laughs> you opened it on real. here? So do you think people are going to come after you if we say that on here? <laughs> yeah. No, I opened I opened them as nicely as possible. I used an X-Acto knife and just slid it open. <laughs> I still have the package up there on a shelf, and it's like, if I wanted to, I could. I, if I even wanted to, I could slip them back in there, super glue the bottom, you'd never know. But... <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't do that because I'm not a scumbag. But yeah, and then like now a lot of the ones I took for granted are expensive now because now it's like I see like Mona Lisa with all her accessories, which I have is goes for a lot of money, and Half Court with all his accessories, which I have goes for a lot of money, and Antrax with his antennae not broken off yeah, his head. It adds goes. like 75 bucks to the figure. Like it varies from like $75 <laughs> to 150 if he has those antennas in his head. Yeah. 
Because I have, I actually have a broken one and I have a, a good one. So oh, nice. I actually have one with one antenna and I have one with both. And then both of them had all their accessories. So I just have a pile of Antrax accessories. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so like yeah, a lot of them I have are, you know, Sandstorm, I don't have his accessories. So he's not worth anywhere near as much without his accessories. But a lot of those like, you know, Wave 5, Wave 6 ones are worth worth a lot now, even if they're not like Grail figures, they're worth a lot more than they used to be, even like Hothead yeah. and stuff. So I don't know how much Hothead goes for, but like Hothead and, and Murdude, I have like complete and stuff. So is it Murdude is the one figure I got right before the boom started out of like the later waves and I got him complete for $25. And I think oh, he's that's at, beautiful. He was, like two years ago, he was like 50. So I don't even know what he'd be <laughs> right now, but yeah, probably I'd say probably complete with all his accessories. I, I'm, this is just a ballpark estimate, but I guess like probably like a little over a hundred, maybe. Damn, that's crazy. Maybe eighty. I don't know. I don't know how much they're going for. Honestly, I I always thought those two would be worth more than they actually were, though, because I remember them being really hard to find when I was a kid, and they came later in Wave Five than the other guys did. Like yeah. you could find King Lionheart everywhere. Yeah. Monty Moose was everywhere. Antrax was everywhere. But like Murdude and Hyde came a little later, and they were. They were hard to find. I never had Hothead as a kid, and uh, we only saw Murdude once, and we grabbed them. So, so they uh, were both figures that I never even saw as a kid. I never knew anybody that had a Murdude or a Hotspot. Like I remember when I got like back into the line, like just like going through databases and looking at all the figures. Like I didn't even remember them from the back of the card art or anything like <laughs> right. that. Yeah, they came late. They were actually both in the Archie comics. Yeah, I, I've seen the cover of the um, Hothead one a lot. I feel like that's like a really yeah people really look for that book. Hothead, he was like, he, there was a point where like, I, th- I, I, I could be wrong, but I, I want to say he was dating April at a point in the comic. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, uh, I've never really read the Archie one, so I don't really know what goes on there. I know it starts pretty lighthearted and then they end up murdering all the mutant animals. So. Yeah. Archie comics, like I said, like I've, I've actually just, I responded to a comment earlier uh, about the screw loose. Uh, we got a comment from someone, you know, uh, saying that. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he loved the screw loose figure because the the super seven one because the apparently that's how he dressed in uh archie yeah which again and, i never would, wouldn't know that uh yeah i'm thinking like i'm trying to remember like did i ever even see an archie comic with wingnut and screw loose or am i just thinking of wingnut's design from tournament fighters on super nes as the art because that's how he looks in archie yeah like I, I said in the comment like i i'm a casual fan of archie like i remember i didn't read him growing up but i remember around like 2006 a lot of them were like completely archived online and I would just read the comics online. Oh, nice. I remember reading the the first one with Mondo Gecko. I remember reading the first one with Tattoo. I remember reading the first one with the Chameleon. I, I read just like a, a random handful. I think most of the ones I read were earlier ones before the line, the uh, series got really bonkers. Because <laughs> um, I, I got really weird over time that they have the character that's like a giant flying cow head that can transport you through dimensions and like... I don't know. They, they just got off the wall in Archie. <laughs> on the cover of one of the newer books. I'm not, I'm still yeah. buying the IDW run. Yeah. But I'm not like, I haven't read up to that part yet, which I, I think I'm going to start soon too, because everybody says the Armageddon game is pretty dope. And I have all those books. So I think I'm just going to jump in there and oh, see yeah. what's going on there. But everybody says it's gotten a lot better again since that happened. Have you read a lot of the IDW comics? No, I actually, I, like, admittedly, I've never read an entire issue of the IDW line. I've mostly just learned what I know about it from like watching reviews or like other people talk about like highlights in the stories. For me personally, it just, it, it never really 
appeal to me what i hear like a lot of the stories i hear are just bonkers (laughs) and i know turtle is like all built on bonkers stories but some of them like the april o'neill origin story was just like that lost my interest completely that was like what the hell is this (laughs) so it okay it starts really good like even with like them really changing up the story i didn't mind it like the turtles backstory and stuff like that and i think like through the first 30 issues i was digging it and then the art really started to get weak when sophie campbell started drawing the interiors and then i think she took over the run writing eventually too and i mean i'm through like up I'm right around issue 40 or something like that. And I really did just start to wane in interest. It and turned into like mutant land soap operas basically, wasn't so it? So that's yeah. like after episode or episode after issue 100, I think that's the run that really people don't like. So they're because they did a city at war that was like through the nineties. And then they had a Triceraton invasion as well. I'm pretty sure at some point. Oh, okay. And then it was no, after that, that, like they got into this era in the, like the, from like 100 to where they are now with Armageddon, where people just didn't seem to be feeling it. And, like that just really turned me off. You know what I mean? Cause I'm like, well, do I want to keep reading this run? I know it's really going to get bad, but people seem to be pretty stoked on the Armageddon game. So, I mean, yeah. we can talk about comics a whole other day, but um, yeah. yeah. Getting way back to our original topic. What, what was the original topic? I don't remember. The, all the figures that are coming out that we don't really give a shit about. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's why, that's why I don't remember. So um, but yeah, so kind of just looping it back to oh, expensive stuff is kind of how we all got we got really sidetracked because we were talking about how yeah. expensive the figures were. Um, and you brought up a point too that I kind of want to talk about as far as like buying something expensive. So like you made a good point with like quarter scale figures. So like I mean, I have four quarter scale figures sitting on my desk right now. And if I had to buy all four of those at once for five hundred dollars, like that just seems like such a different bite than buying them all individually you know what i mean and i I feel like that's why i'm really having the hardest time wrapping my head around like the mezco price point because it is just biting that whole bullet at the same time i feel like that just i don't know what it is at the end of the day you spend all the same money but to me just losing it all at once i just i don't know i just can't that mental hurdles there for me i think also i mean i'm i think like most people i don't like to get my bank account below a certain amount yeah, and, uh, stress going. <laughs> yeah, because like you never know what's gonna happen. You never yeah. know when somebody's gonna rear end you, your car right. or something. You you never know when you know somebody just decides, hey, you owe us three hundred dollars. Right. <laughs> so, like, I mean, dude, uh, I freaking I was in the emergency room for like a week last. Or it was last winter for an infection in my hand, and I mean, I'm still paying that off right now. You know, <laughs> and I have good insurance too. And yeah. I'm still making payments on that. Yeah, so. I'm, not insurance. to get into that whole can of worms, but yeah, I mean, that's just insurance will scene. never pay when you pay back, <laughs> right? But yeah, that's just, I mean, unforeseen circumstance that I've never had in my life because I mean, I've never had a medical problem ever. So, I mean, oh, I, yeah. yeah, I've never had medical bills. So, that was kind of one that just threw me off as well. So, yeah, and I think yeah, that's what it me. is too, exactly. Like, you have a savings account and then you just blow it all on one thing and then it's gone. <laughs> yeah, I had to go to the ER back in 2011 uh digestive issues and stuff and i just remember that that bill was like i was there for like one night they ignored me they spent two seconds looking at me and then they're like all right it's gonna be like twelve hundred dollars it's like yeah. for what exactly. <laughs> like, the problem worked itself out just laying here getting back to the figures that have come out and stuff like that so we talked about how we the thing we don't like about that ronin figure is it the design is supposed to be kind of like cutesy or whatever but yeah with the couple toon turtles they released it's leonardo and i can't remember if it's mikey or raf who the other ones are again they're pretty expensive and i can't remember the company that makes them but 
with that aesthetic, I feel like it works a little bit better. Yeah, it does. I mean, I have, I've seen them popping up in GameStops recently, but uh, I had never seen them before until I, one of my friends, my friend Jake, he, uh, he gifted me a bunch of the loyal subjects figures for, uh, for Christmas, uh, like a freaking Little Mermaid handheld game and all this shit. <laughs> so, and he gave me uh, these keychains that are like these metallic uh, Toon Turtles, but they have the big heads and stuff. But it works with the Toon art style, and they're cool because they're little keychains and stuff. So it's like, oh, this yeah. is cool. I, I can understand why a keychain would be a big headed one, especially if it's the Toon Turtles and it works with the art style. But when I'm getting like a high end statue, I don't expect it to have a big head. So it's like. Yeah. The, the style, I think the style has to work with the type of product that it is. And then again, with these Toon Turtles that they're putting out with the big heads, like again, like getting back to even us just ripping on Super 7 for the price point, like $50 for these stylized figures. Also, I mean, it just seems again, just and I don't know again, I have no idea how much it costs to make figures. I have no idea, but yeah, just these outrageous price points. Like, I don't know. It's just weird to me. And I got different strokes for different folks. Everything doesn't have to be for me, but yeah, I just, I don't know with all this great stuff coming out right now. Like it, it just, none of this stuff is really interesting me at all. Even if it was at a cheaper price point, you know what I mean? And I mean, yeah, when you really think of it that way, it's like, I know statues are usually made out of resin or something to be a stronger material, but, yeah. uh, but super sevens, like, as much again, as much as we ripped on them for, for 50 bucks, you're getting a big figure, they're big, chunky yeah. figures of tons of articulation. Not as much as, like, you know, mo- like some other companies, like some other high end, like you know, Hasbro has more articulation usually, usually than like Super Seven, but still, you got a lot of articulation, a lot of posing, a ton of accessories, alt heads, alt hands, alt everything. So, it's like when you think about it for that, for 50 bucks for that it's a lot better than paying, you know, $800 for a bobblehead that doesn't even bobble. <laughs> so, right. like, like, no articulation exactly or anything. What? Because, I mean, those Toon Turtles, they barely look different than the NECA head knockers to me, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they look around the same. And, I mean, I understand. They might have articulation. I don't know if they do, but. Yeah, I don't know. Again, at $30, you can get a bobblehead that does actually bobble, which would be more appealing to me anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. Even the little keychains I have, they have neck articulation. They have, like, ball joints, I think, in the neck. Oh, so. nice. So you can still pose them to a certain degree. Whereas are they like, pops? I don't even know if I know what you're talking about. I don't know if I've ever seen them before. Uh, I can grab one. <laughs> yeah, grab one. I just want to see it. We can edit on this. I forgot to mention also they're metal die cast too. Oh, you know, here, here we go. Like, oh, those are way cooler than I was expecting. I thought they were going to be more like, like I don't know. I was just picturing because I have a couple pop keychains and stuff like that, and that's what I was picturing. Those are pretty cool. I don't think I've ever seen those before. Yeah, I've, I I hadn't seen them until he bought them for me, and now I've seen them a couple times in GameStop. Like, uh, they're popping up in GameStops, and it's mm. like a four-pack. They all come together. That's pretty but, cool. Uh, I might go check those out, honestly. Yeah, they're nice. I just have them, like, standing on the front of the shelf because, you know, they're nice and small, so they don't block anything behind them. So I just have them, like, in front of the shelf. So, so the Loyal Subjects figure. So this is another line that when it started it just seemed like it kind of like it didn't really have a place for me you know what i mean like we're getting all these new awesome figures draw to it definitely is the price point you know what i mean they're actually at a toy price point and i feel like they are kind of more like toys they're sold in the collector section but to me these are a little bit i feel like they just feel a little bit more toy to me the original turtle designs i wasn't super stoked on but after getting the um i have the raft with the jacket and stuff like that like Getting it in hand, I kind of did like it a little bit better than I thought. And I mean, it kind of did make me start looking at the line a little bit different. In this next wave of figures that seems to be coming from them, I feel like they're 
they are stepping up their game. Like, I feel like they weren't just trying to get in and get out with a quick turtle buck. Like, they seem to be putting some effort into this. And I feel like they have some people on the team that know what they're doing because there's, like with that Casey, we could talk about him in a little bit. There's some deeper cut characters on here. So, like, what yeah. do you think about the new figures that are coming out? Uh, so, I, I want to say real quick, those those turtles in disguise, like rapper turtles, like that has been the hardest thing for me to resist. Every time I go to a store, I see them. I'm always like, I grab him, then I put them down, then I grab Dude, them. I did like, the see. I had the whole wave when I got the wrap. I'm like, they're all here. I'm just going to get them right now. And I've seen all the chase variants too and stuff. But um, So that that was going to be the deal. If I saw the wrap with the 3D glasses, I would yeah. get him because, I mean, that makes it – it's one out of four or whatever, but there's two chases, so it's really probably closer to like one out of eight is more like your chances. Yeah. And I was like, this is just serendipitous. I have to get this guy. <laughs> He's like the bully from Back to the Future with the 3D glasses, but uh, all right, <laughs> uh, yeah. So then, so the loyal subjects, it is. I, I had like kind of the same way with you at first. I didn't really think like I don't really need that. Like NECA's already got this covered. Uh, then I was gifted all those figures, and honestly, in hand, they are a lot more fun than I thought they were going to yeah. be. And I know a lot of people will be like, "Oh, they don't look exactly like how they did in the cartoon." It's like, but NECA's already doing that, so it's yeah. like I don't need that exactly from another line. Um, but yeah, this new wave definitely. I mean, Toon Slash was surprising to see this soon. Yeah, we were we were talking about the Rocksteady before we started recording, mm -hmm. and because uh, I was asking you, I'm like, I know, I've seen Bebop in stores, but I haven't seen Rocksteady. And you were saying Rocksteady's new. You believe that like they held off on? I, him. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they did split those guys up between waves. Because I know, like you said, I've seen the Bebop before, but I've never seen the Rocksteady in stores. Yeah, so I it would make sense. I guess they did Shredder and Bebop, and now they're doing Krang and Rocksteady. I guess they're like finishing up the villains. But yeah, they have the Krang one. The Krang looks pretty good, honestly. Yeah, but, so they have the regular Android body that's not the video game version. Yeah, the Bubble Walker. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Bubble Walker. I don't. I don't even know if I remember seeing that one. They have. They also have King Krang's Android body. That's. I think it's up on BBTS right now. That's not like because the, they did the one that was like the damaged video game when he's flashing yellow. And I think they're putting out the regular one now too. I didn't even know about the, the new body. I I thought I I just knew the they released a, a bubble walker kind of like Super Seven did. It comes with a bubble walker one, and then it comes with the tripod, and you can have either one. Okay, but yeah, I don't know. April, I mean, I did see that one. I can't remember. April looks pretty good, and anyone oh. who's anyone who's watched my channel knows that I have a long history of hating April's action figures. <laughs> like I just. Uh, when it came to the vintage line, when it came to NECA, when it came to Super 7, I've always just said April's figures suck. And I don't mean like Judith Hogue April. I mean like 87 yellow jumpsuit April. Yep. They can just never seem to make a good figure for her. And I, I know Loyal Subjects, it's not going to be like as good quality as something like Super 7 or NECA. But just the design, the sculpt looks pretty good, actually, I think, for the I figure. Mean, I was shocked because... I mean, I think this is the best looking cartoon April I've ever seen. Like, it's, I mean, again, like you can talk about like the sculpt and stuff like that, but just the face is the thing that seems to be, that yeah. seems to be what's the hardest to get right for some reason. And I feel like that they knocked it out of the park, honestly. Like I was very surprised that out of all the companies that I'm looking at a loyal subjects figure, I'm like, this might be the best April we've seen so far. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I mean, I know it's going to feel a little like rubbery and cheap in hand. That's how their figures always are. But it's like, for what it is, it might it might be the best April figure, honestly. Because, like, yeah, that, that's the thing. They never get – I feel like that's the thing they do a lot with cartoon characters usually. With, NECA's usually good with that. They messed up with April. But um, 
it seems when people are doing real people, they're doing action figures of like, you know, MCU actors and stuff. The likeness is like spot on. Like it mm-hmm. just looks like you shrunk this human being down in like the Willy Wonka TV machine. And like, that's it. You have them. <laughs> but like when it comes to cartoon characters, they don't bother doing the likeness. Usually like I have the super seven did the like, you know, 5.5 uh, inch, like retro style filmation, he-man figures uh, before they lost the license. And I have the Tila one, and she looks like cartoon Tila 100%, except the face is just like a generic woman's face. And like Tila had those really sharp, kind of like downwards, almost like Michael Keaton eyebrows <laughs> in the original uh, cartoon. And like they never give her those. They always give her these really soft eyebrows in the figures. And it's like, it just seems when it comes to cartoon characters, especially more realistic cartoon characters they don't bother making the likeness of the face actually match the character. And it looks like the loyal subjects really got cartoon April's face down. Perfect. There's even like the, the like scared expression, like the shocked expression. And it looks just like a still from the cartoon. Yeah. Like it looks like how she looks in the show. I'm pretty sure these, oh, do they show real figures or are they just digital renders? Now I can't remember. I think they're just digital renders, aren't they? I can't even tell these days. Like, like half, like almost all of them are digital renders when uh, toy companies. Okay, that, that's what I always assume. I assume mostly because I mean, I know like Super Seven, everything they show is a digital render because yeah. obviously the hand figures look much different. So, yeah. Um, which I, I just want to touch on this real quick. Um, did you see the debacle that's going on with the Simpsons wave that just came out? No, I haven't, but I know that's so, taking a long time. So they finally hit, and oh. people got Mo, and he has no apron. What they didn't, they didn't put the soft goods apron in there, what? and it was not announced, not said. BBTS still says that it comes with the apron, and I, oh, man, I can't even imagine what I can't even imagine what the character Mo looks like without the apron. Does he ever take it off in the so, show? Um, <laughs> God, I was listening to um, Toy Anxiety, and someone said that it looked like an old school like boxing referee, and he does like if he had a different head. Picture Mills Lane from Celebrity Deathmatch. Like that's exactly <laughs> what he looks like. Let's get it on. Yeah, that's oh, what he nice looks clean like. He just, fight. A, he just has a bow tie and the stuff. That's exactly what he looks like. Um, get up, you bum. Yeah, but anyway, we'll we'll talk about Super Seven again another day. But yeah, just yeah. after all we said about him, then they go and do something like that, and that's a line yeah. that I'm, that's the one figure from that line that I most wanted too. So oh, yeah, we'll see what happens. And I'll even if I I don't know, we'll, we'll see. Anyway, um, back to the I know they, got rid, the, I know they um, got rid of the smoking crusty head. I know, God, that's a bummer, man. Um, <laughs> that's like Krusty's one of Krusty's biggest jokes is that he can't, he's like a chain smoker he exactly so he's got all the nicotine patches on his yeah he's all like covered in the stuff. like it's one of my favorite things but god just smoking is just not okay anymore for some reason like yeah. we just want to forget it ever happened yeah. we got vapes now um, yeah. ace duck ace duck doesn't give a crap he's gonna put a stogie in his mouth that's what that's what i'm saying that's why that's the one reason i'm so stoked on that figure i might not ever get a smoking figure ever again and i i just I just it just does something for me i don't know what it is like it just takes me back to the 90s when all the badasses were smoking like yeah i mean just think when you turn on contra you just hear this rocket music and you see two big dudes with cigarettes in their mouth right exactly <laughs> Like, I'm not a smoker. I'm not for smoke. I hate smoking, but it's like, it's the look. Like, it's part of the it look. It's and... just, it's, it's just how, I, like I said, I was the definition of impressionable youth. Like, Wolverine, <laughs> smoking cigarettes. Gambit, yeah. smoking cigarettes. Like, it just really made me think smoking cigarettes was cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, 
have we ever gotten uh because i don't collect predator figures but like a dutch schaefer like arnold figure where he has a, a cigar in his mouth because he's named his nickname is dutch because of the, the cigars he smokes so oh, it's like, i didn't even know that so like uh i assume that's where the name's supposed to come from because i'm pretty sure they say his real name and it's not dutch so like if they haven't like we should get a smoking arnold head at least like for that <laughs> i mean he'd never allow it probably right especially after yeah i can't believe he would even do it well i guess back then they didn't really know smoking was bad for us yet so we knew in the 80s that smoking was bad for you. <laughs> we're figuring it out, but I think everybody was still pretty resistant to it then. Everyone was like, okay, we know it's bad for you now, but it's cool. It's so, like, all right, yeah. let's stop smoking in airplanes and hospitals, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you can still walk into a diner and just blow it in some kid's face, though. Right but... right next to the smoking section or none? Right next to each other. <laughs> I used to love that. Smoke, there's a booth on one side, a booth on the other. This one's smoking, this oh, one's man. not. It's like... God. It, just, it seems oh, so man. long ago too. Like it's just so yeah. weird. Like it took me a long time to adjust. I remember, like even in like up to like 2010, I would go to a restaurant. I'd be like, "No smoking, please," and like I'd be like, "They're like, dude, that was like 10 years ago." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, though, yeah. So getting back to the loyal subjects, um, April looks great, but the, the one figure that I'm very excited about, and I'm definitely gonna get because we're yet to get anything like this. And this is why I think that they have somebody working on the brand that knows what's going on because they showed a picture for the image version of Casey, which if you've never read the image run is the most insane off the wall shit you've ever read in your entire life. Like it's turtles (laughs) is already crazy. It's literally just like sci-fi shenanigans. Like, I mean, it's a million years old at this point. So I'm going to spoil some things. Rafe Raph Raph gets his face like melted off. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Half the time, Donatello gets turned into this like robot turtle somehow. <laughs> like it is just crazy. But yeah. the it, the one really cool story out of that um is body count with it's a Casey and Raph solo story. In I, I'm pretty sure he wears that mask in that one. It's but his mask is more pointed. It's kind of got horns on it. And it's got the American flag like printed on it. It looks like the purge. All I can think is the purge. Yeah, it is something like that. It is very like post-apocalyptic type look. But yeah, it's very surprising. No other company has hit us with this deep cut yet. And it's coming out of the loyal subjects who have pretty much just (laughs) been playing it pretty straight close to the tune line so far. Yeah, it's so. I think that's the first image comics action figure ever made, if I'm not mistaken. For Turtles, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for Turtles, I mean, yeah. Yeah, because even so... Um, the Playmates run had that mashup with Savage Dragon. I remember um, that, yeah. They had the Jim Lee Turtles, and those were never like in an image thing or anything, but Jim Lee did design those. So that's probably about the closest that we've ever gotten to any type yeah. of image turtles is just Jim Lee drawing them when he was at Image. But uh, Savage, the Savage Dragon crossover did happen in the Image comics, though, yep. right? Yeah, because that okay, happened yeah. like right away, I'm pretty sure. That was like one of the first mashups they did. Because he was like their like one of their biggest characters. So. Yeah. So and again, like so, Spawn is definitely like the flagship of that franchise. But Savage Dragon is amazing. I mean, I, I haven't read the whole run. I know like it, people say it doesn't get great later, but like in the beginning, it is literally just like splash page after splash page of oh, mindless yeah. violence. Like it is amazing. Like in- I've never I've never actually read him. I remember I had some collectible cards of him back in the nineties, but I never. Okay, read so him. Image Comics are dirt cheap, man. Just get the first three, like there's a mini series that it starts with. It's just three issues. Just get that. And you're going to be like, this is amazing. Like Eric Larson. I mean, dude, he can draw for one. 
Um, yeah. But he was really stoked to get the turtles. And I could be wrong, but he really popularized, like, the drawing of the whirling nunchucks for Michelangelo. It was like, anytime he drew them, he always did, like, the spinning effect on the nunchucks. And maybe it happened earlier than that, but that's where it really got baked into my brain. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I know in the 87 cartoon, he did the whirling a lot, but that was like animated. So it's different. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I never really read. I like, again, actually, uh, image is very similar to IDW for me, where it's like, I never read it, but I've seen like, you know, videos about what happens and stuff. And I know both of those runs, every time there's an announcement, there's a headline. Oh, one of the Ninja Turtles, quote unquote, dies. It's always Donnie. It's always, always Don. I remember when, when they when that headline came out about the IDW one, I didn't even click on the article yet. I'm like, it's Don. And then I click it and I read it. I'm like, yep, it's Don. Because <laughs> it, it just seems like Don's the one. He sells the least amount of toys of all the turtles. He, you know, it just seems like he, he's the one that I guess he's like statistically the least popular turtle. Okay. So I don't know how that could be possible because to me, going by my eye test, I feel like most people that's who their favorite turtle is for the most part it seems like 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 raf i feel like is just like the like the wolverine you know what i mean like he's just the most popular by default for some reason because the badass usually is um but nobody likes leo except for my (laughs) boss like he's the only guy i know that likes leo Um, that was always my idea is that like nobody likes leo but then i mean i like leo i like all of them but you know he's my least favorite but the older I get, I find a lot of the more casual people who like Turtles as kids but didn't remain diehard fans, their favorite was Leo. Okay. Because I guess he was just like, he had the coolest weapon. Everyone, A lot of people like the color blue, I guess. So like, yeah. I guess like if they were like surface level fans, like Leo was their favorite. Because like, oh, he's the main guy. He's the best. I like him. So, Which to me, it seems like that would be Michelangelo. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I feel like if, when I think Turtles, if there was just one character to just describe 90s turtles to me it's michelangelo you know what i mean he loves pizza Definitely. the most he's the most fun party animal like yeah party dude like so he was even the the one they picked for the uh what was it like barbara the drug Bush's special like, yeah just say no yeah. special <laughs> even though as he's like talking like a freaking california stoner the whole right exactly <laughs> uh from what i hear leo and mike sell the most toys which was shocked me. I thought Raphael would sell like some of the most toys. I definitely thought he'd he would be the front runner. I'm honestly surprised when lines don't lead with Raph. I always expect Raph to be the lead every yeah. time. That's like exactly like what you said. That's what I said in my turtle talk video too. I always thought of like Raph and Leo are the Wolverine and Cyclops of the turtles. It, uh, uh, it's like Cyclops is supposed to be the leader, but no one really cares about him. Wolverine's not supposed to be the main character, but he he's not supposed to be the leader, but he's the main character. Everyone loves him. And I, that's how I think of it. I think Leo's the leader, but Raph is the main character, is how I think of it. Yeah. But apparently Leo and Mike sell the most toys, historically. And that's why, if you notice, anytime Playmates puts out, like, turtle variants these days, they even did it with those new quote-unquote movie turtles that they're releasing now with the trench codes or that's a whole other story but um it's just leo and mike again and uh which didn't even wear the trench codes in the movie but okay but they did that with like the color changing turtles for the 2012 line it was just leo and mike for rise when they did the 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 motorcycles they put leo and mike out before they put out raf and don because they were testing the waters with leo and mike and it's like it just seems like if, if if Playmates, as of like 2015 to present, if they're going to do Turtle variants, it's probably just going to be Leo and Mike because they make the most money. 
And it's like, man, what a shallow reason to, to just do Leo and Mike. It's but. really weird that I've never picked that up either because, like, again, I know you don't love the 2012 line, but two of my favorite figures, the two that I did keep from that line, are those color-changing Leo and Mike. I, I like that aesthetic. I don't know why. I like the, They like were the cool looking, yeah. Were. And it really frustrated me that there wasn't all four of those because that those would have been far and away my favorite four turtles of that line. I mean, those two already are. Um, yeah. But now that you mention it, so think about the NECA movie packs that got put out. There was Leo and Donnie came together in the first one, and then Mikey and Raph. And then when the Secret of the Use ones came out, it's Leo and Raph and Donnie and Mike. So you're right. They don't really pair up Mikey and Leo together in anything that I can think of. Yeah. They're always kept separate. They're the two that are never together, really. Yeah, because they wanna they wanna make they they you just swap Raph and Don because like they know Mike and Leo will sell better than than Raph and Don. Just so weird. Super Seven had balls though. They went out just with Raph. So which again, yeah. but that's how NECA let off the quarter scale Toon Turtles too. You know what I mean? And yeah, again, and I know I have bias towards Raph because he's my favorite figure. But like I said, I'm always more shocked when it, they don't lead with Raph on things. I was shocked. The, two, the quarter scale tunes, they did Raph, then they did Don, and then they did Leo. That was yeah. shocking that uh, they did that. But uh, they, they always do weird stuff, too, though. Like, Playmates just did the, the reissues of the classic giant-sized turtles. Mm-hmm. And randomly, for no reason, Michelangelo is the only one who's a Walmart exclusive. Yeah. Like, and the other so, three are anywhere. So I've been stalking my Walmart pretty hard. Um and I'm pretty sure Walmart's only getting Mikey and Leo. I don't think they're getting the other two turtles. I could be wrong, but they only have slots for those two on the shelf right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just more of that Mikey and Leo bias. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Which I would have thought that Leo would be there because typically like Target will do like a red exclusive and Walmart yeah. will do blue exclusives with figure. They do such <laughs> stupid things like that. Um Maybe, but yeah, maybe that was to, really weird to me too that Mikey was just one random exclusive. Yeah, maybe to, to, to get a better audience for our podcast, I'll recolor our logo so that it's Leo and Mike instead of Raph. Dude. And Don. <laughs> Boo it! <laughs> as soon as I do it, like our our, our viewers like triple. <laughs> People just aren't clicking because okay. they're Raph and Don. So something that the, when I first started like messing with the logo and stuff, did you design these based off the talking turtles? I did the, uh, I didn't intentionally, but they the rap like I did. The okay, rap. Was the more, when I really started looking at it, I'm like, is he a genius? Did he do that intentionally? The the Raf one I did intentionally. I, I didn't look at the picture, but I remember what his expression looked like generally. Burned in your brain that much. But Donnie, I just drew from memory, but you're right. He does. I think he actually does have like the, the crooked eyebrows. The, yeah, the it looks Donnie, just right? like him. When I, when I really started paying attention <laughs> to it, I was like, he looks exactly like the talking turtles. And that's what these guys are supposed to be. <laughs> well, uh, I guess now that we're done with the action figure talking, I just wanted to touch upon a couple comments we got actually. I'll just go oh, over. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, so one is from Kootenai King. I hope I'm saying your name right. Okay, so it's Kootenai King because I've slaughtered it before too. (laughs) Okay, Kootenai King says, you guys pointed out that Mikey gets the shit end of the stick most of the time in his designs over the years. He was done justice in Last Ronin. Yes. Uh, Because he's he's a fantastic design in Last Ronin. I I guess it's kind of a spoiler if we say which one's Mikey. So at this point, it seems to be out there based off the material. (laughs) So if they're putting out the figures and it's everybody but Mikey, I think you got it figured out by now. You know what I yeah. mean? 
Spoiler, the last Ronin's Mikey. Yep, um, I, I've kept my silence on this long, but yeah, we I, we need to be able to talk about some stuff, so. Yeah, and yeah, that design's freaking awesome. You got us there. That design's awesome. So, yeah, and yeah. again, that's, I never really thought about that, you know what I mean? Because even though I know the Ronin is Mike, like, I, I just kind of see him as his own thing, as weird as that sounds, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think it's because he is just so un-Mike-like, and that yeah. I honestly he was my last pick for the Ronin. He was the last one I thought it was gonna be for oh, sure. Yeah. I figured he would be the first dead, honestly. Honestly, I just for irony's sake, I'm so used to twists now. I was like, it's gonna be Mike. As soon as I saw the the, the premise of the comic, I'm like, I, I bet you that's gonna be Mike because that's the one you wouldn't expect. So yeah, not to I mean, say like I I got these crazy mind games, I see all, but like I I I had a pretty good feeling it was gonna be Mike. Cause that would just be the most devastating. Like, Oh wow. Mike ended up in this state like this. And so Mike. I think that's why, cause I'm assuming Kevin Eastman stayed true to their original script. And I bet that's how they had it originally too, because originally like when they were like trying to develop characters and stuff like that, and they left this scene out of the movie too. Um, Mike yeah. is supposed to be like the, like he's supposed to have like a rage energy inside him basically like he comes off all funny and jokey but he's really supposed to be like the like just most insecure inside and i'm yeah. pretty sure there's a deleted scene where he just goes in and like beats the shit out of the barn or something like that and just freaks out yeah there was like him training in the barn and yeah. he's like we'll talk about the movies very soon um yeah. but he's training in the barn and like you know yeah like just beating the crap like viciously angrily training and then like the scene where like raf screams like splinter on top of the barn that's actually mike if you look closely he has yeah. nunchucks on his own and he's actually just screaming in rage in original one because that's what i always say I, I like about mike in the movie they really they really focused on that in the movie is that like he's believable as like especially as a teenager that like he doesn't have his emotions in in yeah. in, in check and like he is very emotional he is very you know immature in that way he's very reactionary but he tries to hide that and pretend like oh look i'm just cool with everything i'm just joking i don't take anything seriously but then when splinter gets kidnapped he's the one crying and he's the one flipping out and and stuff and uh i know they even cut the fight scene short but like mikey originally he actually lands the most hits on shredder in the final battle oh the first dude movie. Why would they cut that short, man? That's like the best <laughs> thing in the movie, man. Yeah. You can hear it like while they're all fighting, the turtles are all like hunched over. You can hear Mikey fighting and you can hear his fight goes on the longest, but they didn't they cut out the footage of that. Yeah, they, they even recently, I don't know if you saw, but like you know how she sketches all the turtles, April, uh Judith Hogue sketches them. And uh well, I don't think Judith Hogue actually drew those, right? but maybe she did. Maybe she's very talented. But yeah, the, the there was never a Mikey one in the movie, but the Mike one just leaked uh recently, went up for auction somewhere, like a couple really? years ago. And it shows him like real pissed and training in the barn. Yeah. So like that was clearly supposed to be like, I mean, I know there was the comic that went along with the movie back in the day mm -hmm. and it kept all that Mike stuff in it. So yeah, it's, like, it's, it's like the teens of the Mirage run is when that happens before yeah. the return to New York. And after um, they, I guess, leave New York. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Mike, I think was a good choice for the last Ronin. Cause it's like, it's it's kind of like his job to keep he's kind of like the cheerleader for the team almost like he keeps the yeah. morale up and uh you know like but it, then it, it shows how much like he depends on them though that like he can't keep that that ha constant happy facade going unless he has his brothers making him happy there with him so it's yeah. like it's just so devastating when you find out it's michelangelo but <laughs> and so 
Do you think the other turtles are like force ghosts or do you think they're like his imagination? I read it as it was just his imagination. Like he can't let go. He doesn't, he can't think of a dynamic of like being on his own. He needs, he only knows how to fight in the team. Like he's, he's so attached to his family that like, but there are times where like, they're straight up disagreeing with him and pissing him off and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And And I mean, like, so that's what I always kind of, cause I mean, it it never really says or anything. You assume he's just talking to himself and stuff like that, but I don't know. Like it just kind of, it, that's kind of what I liked about that too, is there's a very different style of Michelangelo that we've ever seen before. And again, yeah. I do. That's the one thing I like about him. I like that he's a fun loving pizza one, but it was just cool seeing him in a different tone. And like I said, it really, oh, yeah. it, he got the respect that he deserves. Like he wasn't a joke. He wasn't a dipshit. He didn't get a trash can put over his head. Like <laughs> he he was, he, he got his come or not come up. And it's like, he got his, just desserts i don't know what phrase i want to use here <laughs> one of those i think it, it was definitely the best way they could have gone about it i think because yeah. like we've all seen raf angry and vengeful before so it wouldn't have been that interesting if it was yep. raf <laughs> but yeah I, I do think uh you could see it as like they actually are force ghosts coming to him kind of like because i mean he wasn't dead but like splinter appeared to them like that in the 1990 movie so it's like it could be something like that like exactly that's the thing i mean they're all like they're into that whole thing you know what i mean so they're into martial arts so they can talk to ghosts exactly (laughs) it's like my my joke for dragon ball i was watching it with my girlfriend and her sister one time she goes i understand why the saiyans can fly but why can krillin fly he's just a human i'm like he's just so good at karate that he can fly Yeah, they call it what buku jitsu is what they call it. It's like an art form you can learn, and now you can just fly. Anyone can do it. It's just just gotta be real good at karate, and you can do that kind of stuff. All right, another one. I want to one more just before we get into the main topic of the video, uh, which we basically already kind of started doing talking about the movie, but (laughs) uh, from red from red plastic tmnt toys they uh they commented fun episode guys i've been waiting for a toy centric tmnt podcast that's awesome uh one misconception i wanted to clear up playmates is not sublicing uh, sublicensing the toys out to mcfarland or super seven those companies have their own contracts with nickelodeon playmates toys doesn't make a dime off their toy sales so we were joking a lot about like, oh, Playmates, all they do is license out the Turtles. I guess they don't actually. So that makes it even more confusing. So it's like Playmates isn't even making money off of other companies making toys. So like they're just they're just ignoring money that could be made. So. Yeah, I've never really thought about that before. I always just assumed if you had the master license, then people had to come to you. I guess I didn't think that they still had to go through Nickelodeon. Yeah, I guess it's from the, it's from what they say. Which thank you for the comment. Thank you for the compliments too. Yeah, for sure. From what they say, it's it's they're just going straight to Nickelodeon. So I, I guess if you're doing like stuff based on the Fred Wolf '87 cartoon, or you're doing uh, stuff based on you know uh, the Archie comics or whatever, you don't need to go through Playmates because that's not what they do. The one I find most shocking, though, is Super 7 doesn't have to go through Playmates because they're literally copying their sculpts. So So. I bet that's the caveat that's confused me then. I bet Super 7 does have to do business with Playmates. And I think another thing that's confused me a lot is so like so like a big one is a lot of people will license Hasbro's IPs, but they actually own G.I. Joe and they own Transformers. So that's probably why I've gotten that all twisted in my head. I think so. So, yeah, I guess they, they go 
because yeah, Hasbro is the toy company and they own it. Mattel owns yeah. He-Man, like, but um, but yeah, Turtles is owned by you know Viacom Nickelodeon, so it's like Playmates just owns the primary toy license. So thanks for clearing that up. Actually, I, yeah, I, for I, sure. I've never really thought about that before, and that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> yeah, me too. But anyway, I guess we can get into the uh, the the final discussion the real discussion of the video now the 1990 movie trilogy yeah i've been very very excited to talk <laughs> about this so gosh i don't even know where i want to start here so i this is probably the series of movies that i put on at least in the background more than any other thing in the year so i'll sit down to watch movies but if i'm just going about the house i like to put on like fun things and you know what i mean so i will typically throw two and three on the background literally every month while i'm doing stuff around the house or around <laughs> wow. my room and stuff like that like the first movie is i mean especially as adults we all know it's amazing it's incredible everybody loves it most people there's hardly anybody that probably doesn't argue it in their top three versions of the turtles if you were born yeah. inside of the 90s or earlier but the thing that i'm kind of the most excited to talk about is just I feel like the second and third movies have gotten really bad raps lately. And as adults, I can understand why I get it. But the secret of the use, especially man, like I don't care who you are, how cool you're trying to be. Now, if you were born from 86 or later, you loved that movie when you were a kid and you know, you did. And it makes me so mad that so many people I feel like are just trying to like, retroactively go after it and it just doesn't make any sense to me because I, I get all the silly stuff that happens i get it but I, as an adult the first movie is my favorite but yeah, the second movie is the most special to me for sure like i loved it when i was a kid and when i think back on my experience with the original trilogy the secret of the use is what i think of the most i love secret the secret of the use i'm right there with you i agree i know everyone's like oh it's so cheesy now it's like yeah but i mean that's what most turtle stuff was back then. I do. I, I would say that the first movie has always been my favorite, though. It's always just been a, a, like a, a bar above the rest. But yeah, Secret of the Use was like that was probably the most exciting time to be a Turtles fan. Was oh, Secret of the Use came out? The, the toy line was like bigger than it had ever been. Like Turtles were just everywhere at the because that was because the movies were ninety, ninety one, and ninety three, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think 91 was the pinnacle year for Turtles, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that was highest toy sales. I'm pretty sure that was yeah. highest everything. So that really was like the zenith of the franchise. Yeah, and I mean, really the first movies to think for that because it was after the first movie blew up that Turtles reached that level of success. But so, uh, yeah, and like that that's kind of because we talked about how the cartoon is like what like the cartoon and the handline kind of handline the cartoon and the toy line went hand in hand and really creating the success for the turtles franchise but that third movie or the first movie was definitely like a catalyst in that as well because i feel like yeah. that brought like mainstream attention like it's like okay this isn't just for kids definitely i mean even today i know like it's so it's it, i know there there is kind of like two sides to the argument i guess that i can understand there are some people who don't really watch the 1990 movie and still write it off. It's like, ah, just some dumb kids movie. But then there's also the fans who act like it's the darkest fucking thing ever made. And it's like, <laughs> there's still, you know, like the turtles cracking jokes and Donnie squirting water out of his mouth. At the exactly. and stuff. So like, it's still got the fun of the cartoon and the, the, the seriousness and the stakes and like the, the drama of the comics. So I think like, 
I've said this before, even on this podcast, I think, but I think that that movie is the perfect marriage of the comics and the cartoon. And it satisfies both fans, I think, uh, perfectly. If you loved Mirage and hated what the cartoon did to Turtles, you'll probably still love the movie. If you love the 87 cartoon and don't give a crap about Mirage, you'll love the, the 1990 movie. So it's like the movie Turtles were just kind of perfect. I still, to this date, consider the first 1990 Turtles movie to be my number five favorite movie of all time. And uh, It's really weird. It's my number five, too. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> What's your top five? Go. All right. So the only movie outside of the 1990s is super bad. And I know you're not a huge Seth Rogen fan. I'm not really a huge <laughs> fan of him either. But that movie is just perfect to me. Like, not to get too into that, but I graduated in 2006. Yeah. That was literally what me and my friends were doing on Friday night. Like, going on crazy adventures to find booze for a party. Like, that was <laughs> – it just spoke to me. And just the dialogue, yeah. it's just exactly how we talk. But after that – um. It's kind of a three-way tie, I consider it. It kind of varies between Happy Gilmore, um, Tommy Boy, and Dumb and Dumber. They're kind of all in like a three-way mixture there, and I could kind of argue them different any other day. And then TMNT, the first one, the first Turtles movie, is my number five. And then Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is my honorable mention. Nice. <laughs> you got the your that three, that like trinity you had right there. It's like the holy trinity of like 90s, 90s comedy. comedy. That's exactly how I feel about it too. And I feel like some people could replace Happy Gilmore with Billy Madison maybe, but I don't know. There's something about Happy Gilmore that just – that's Happy another Gilmore. movie that I watch almost every month probably. I think Happy Gilmore is funnier than Billy Madison. I think so too. Uh, they're, both, they're both like, you know, classic, but I think Happy Gilmore is better. Uh, Dumb and Dumber is my favorite of those three though. Dumb and Dumber is great. Yeah. So. <laughs> but um, my top five uh, would be, mine's kind of a cheat because I have like, one of them is like, one entry is like 30 movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I have number one is Rocky, the original Rocky. Nothing can touch that. That movie's just, I love Wait, it. Wait, did I you do a video it. on this? Have I heard that? I'm pretty sure I've heard this before. I've, I've, I've said this a million times. Okay, gotcha. Second favorite is uh, the original Halloween. Yep. I love the original Halloween. Uh, third favorite is the little mermaid favorite animated movie. Um, f- number four is bullshit. I just say the universal monsters because <laughs> like, and, and on its own, like, no, I don't like the mummy more than the 1990 turtles movie at all. Not even close, but together the, the collection of the mummy yeah. and the invisible man and bride of Frankenstein, all those together, like you can't have one without the other. So as a complete collection, I love them more than I do on their own. So that's my number four. And then number five is turtles. Although it's weird because I also love it's a wonderful life. And anytime I watch every year, I watch it's a wonderful life. And I'm like, this is the best movie ever fucking made like hands down. Like it's, it's a masterpiece. I'm like, why the hell is this not my top five? I'm like, well, you know, it's just a really good movie. It's not something you can really become like an active fan of like Ninja Turtles, Universal Monsters, Little Mermaid, even Rocky. It's like, there's merchandise. There's like, You know, there's more to it. It's a franchise where it's like, It's a Wonderful Life is just an amazing film. I mean, It's a Wonderful Life. It makes me fucking cry like a baby. Every year I cry when I watch that movie. <laughs> that movie's just so good. Everything about it is just so good. It's shot amazingly. Jimmy Stewart's amazing. Like, it's just, it's such a good movie. But yeah, but, but Turtles is, not to get too off topic, Turtles is my number five. It's like, yeah, no, it's, it's not, I'm not going to say it's as good a movie as It's a Wonderful Life, but it means so much to me personally because it's like, it's it's such a generic expression these days, but that was my fucking childhood. Like that yeah. was my childhood. So and same with Secret of the Use. Secret of the Use was a huge deal for me. I, I I loved that movie when it came out. And uh 
I'm not gonna lie, Ninja Rap still kicks. That's still a great oh, song. <laughs> so hard, so hard. And there's another great song we got to talk about later from the third movie. But uh, um, oh, what was in the third movie? Uh, we'll talk about it. Don't worry. Okay. Um, because I know so, there was partners in crime in the first one where they say Raphael's the leader and all that. Shit. Oh yeah, that rap that's all wrong yeah, at the end. Like everything's like this guy's like, no, I got this. Don't worry, I know what's going on here. He wears red. He's got to be the main guy. Yeah, I get right? it. That always threw me off too. But yeah, so and again with the first movie. Before Secret of the Use came out, that's the one that was on repeat all the time. It was that, my VHSs, I had some, or my Turtles VHSs, and then I had some real Ghostbusters VHSs, and those things were just in loop pretty much the, constantly. The, the Pizza um, commercial, uh, the yeah. baseball, out where the dandelions grow. <laughs> God. You gotta know how to pitch. You got, what is it? You gotta know how to run. You gotta know how to throw. Whatever, out where the dandelions grow. Whatever the hell it was. I remember that. Like, oh. making it great back when Pizza Hut used to say that. And then they eat Domino's in the movie. I always find that funny. It's like it advertises yeah. Pizza Hut, and then they eat Domino's. Because I'm pretty sure Pizza Hut was like ran like the ad, like all the advertising and stuff like that yeah. too for it. They oh, if you want to know why? I know why now. It's because Pizza Hut didn't have delivery at the time. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's what, that because that's kind of what put Domino's on the map. Is they were like the first big delivery pizza yeah, company. Yeah, that's true. And uh, and then everybody started doing it in the '90s, and you got like yeah. you know the stereotypical. Uh, pizza delivery guy costume with the red and white jacket right. like Kino's wearing in the next movie and stuff. <laughs> but even like Pizza Hut, they, they endorsed uh, the arcade game on NES. I remember that like the, the, there's like Pizza Hut signs. Yep. That the so they had to change that for the um the collection, Cal the Cal Bunk collection. Yeah. Oh man, that sucks. I haven't played Turtles Two on there yet. I've only played Turtles I haven't One. Yet either. It, that game actually came with a coupon for for uh, mm -hmm. Pizza Hut. I remember my brother got it for his for Christmas, and we actually went to Pizza Hut afterwards. And got like I free. I think pizza the collectors' there. editions did as well. Oh yeah, the Calabunga collection. I think they came with Pizza Hut coupons. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a good throwback, right? But uh, anyway, yeah, back to the, the movies. We're having a really uh, hard time talking about this movie. Right now. <laughs> we'll 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 get at least five minutes of actually talking about the damn movies before this podcast is over. Start to kind of move chronologically through here, and we're kind of already talking about the first one too. Um, yeah, like I said, I. I you really you nailed it. Like I can't even really add anything better to what you said. Just. It is the perfect Turtles thing to me. Like, if I could just have one thing for the rest of my life, they're like, all right, Eric, you only get one. You can only watch one Turtles thing the rest of your life. It would be the first movie because it gives me everything that I want. They're fun. They're pizza-loving. And it's serious. Like, it has its serious tones. Like, and I even picked up on that when I was a kid, you know what I mean? Like, when Raph does that scream when Splinter's all gone, the, like... The you, circular camera and all? Yeah, yeah. like, I mean that hit me as a kid you know what i mean like you just yeah. felt his anguish in that moment and like as an adult so i probably went like a good probably five or ten years i don't even know how long through my 20s where i didn't see the movie so my brain had evolved a lot during that time and i remember the first time i watched it when i was in like my late 20s just being like this is actually a way better movie, like just a movie as a whole, as I remember it being like just completely getting rid of my love for the turtles. Like I was very surprised at like, and again, I know there's a lot of technical issues with being able to see the actor's face through Donnie's mask <laughs> and stuff like that. They have their blunders, but like, it's a pretty damn good movie, even if it wasn't about turtles. It is. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's like, and I actually, I, I can say my, my best buddy Kenny since high school, you know, he's uh he did he wasn't into turtles when he was a kid. He didn't get the toys, he didn't watch the cartoon, he didn't really he was like, Oh, that's that thing everybody else is into. He wasn't really into it. But even then he saw the movie as a kid and he loved the movie. So it's like 
it seems like that was just a just an all-around great movie like you didn't have to be a turtles fan to acknowledge that that was a great movie and, uh, and i think that's why it went so gangbusters at the time because that came out after batman right batman yeah, was the batman first, was 89 like, yep and then that was the movie that came out after and i mean it ended up being the biggest indie movie ever at the time which is weird yeah. to go back and think that is it golden harvest or new line cinema at I was the time, new line new line did it yep it was new line so why am i thinking why is golden harvest in my head right now I don't know. New Line did that. Yeah. that was like so it was New Line from the start. And it's weird to think back that New Line was an indie company at the time. Because I feel <laughs> like when I think 90s movies, that intro for New Line is just like baked into my brain. And that thing will come up every once in a while where people are like, what does this remind you? What movie do you think of when you see this? And a lot of people say Freddy Krueger, but yeah. it's always Turtles for me. I always am like, oh, Turtles is coming on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was always disappointed if I watched a movie and Turtles didn't come on after that <laughs> intro. For me, it's Turtles. But yeah, I know. I think their big breakthrough was Nightmare on Elm Street. That they yeah. started with those. But um, I didn't see those till I was older. I wasn't allowed to see those kinds of movies when I was a kid. So Maybe that's why you um, like that stuff so much now. <laughs> yeah, probably because it was forbidden. I loved Halloween as a kid. The, the holiday not the movies and i was just like you know i want to see more of these monsters and like all this stuff and then when i was finally able to then i loved it but um you know it's funny about the new line intro i remember it at the turtles more than anything else but i'm i was such a dumb kid i didn't realize those were film reels i thought they were ladders <laughs> on the logo <laughs> i always thought of them as like ladders from donkey kong or something <laughs> oh just fall i get what you're saying now yeah because they come in separately yeah yeah they're like one's like crooked and one's like yeah. but yeah that's uh i always thought and i used to confuse that one there was the one what, who started with the sphinx because that was the super mario brothers movie had the sphinx at the beginning yep, i, I can't think who, who that is yeah i used to confuse i used to call them new line but yeah no the new line was the 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 film reels that looked like ladders um everything about, that was probably the first movie in theaters i saw with that intro probably as a kid or first movie at all i saw with that intro as a kid was i'm pretty sure that intro. was the first one i saw too and that that was probably the first time i acknowledged that company intros existed because i saw that movie so many times right. that like i acknowledged that because the turtles like like you know i liked movies before them like i loved like the, the land before time and stuff but like turtles was like that was the first movie that felt like this is like a real movie. Like this, yeah. like, like I know, like everything else. I'm like, okay, that's a kids movie. I'm into kids movies, but this is like, oh man, this is like as a kid, you're like, oh, this is like a real fucking movie. This is like an adult movie. Right. That's what it felt like so that it definitely felt like the you grew up a little bit when you saw that movie. Like, oh, definitely. I mean, and again, I think we touched on this in another episode. Like one of the first things that Raph says is, "Damn," and you're like, "What? Yeah, what? Did, did, did he just swear?" Like, <laughs> it, it, it's really weird to me because so the only bummer i have with the first movie is i don't remember the first time i saw it like i can't remember far back enough because i was three when it like i had just turned three when it came out and that's literally as far back as my memory stretched so i just remember having it on vhs and just always watching it then so like that's just yeah. the one thing i can't remember so do you remember what it was like when you went from watching the cartoon to just going into this live action movie and just like, were you just taken back? Like, I, I can't imagine the shift that would have happened in my brain because I had them both at the same time, as far as I can remember. I know I didn't, but that's how my memories work. I do remember that. That's actually my first theater going experience. I do remember. I had just, uh, I, actually, I was still three actually, but I was turning for that July. 
So what, what you're describing is basically what I got, not to keep bringing it up, but that's the experience I have with The Little Mermaid. Everyone's like, oh, you saw it in theaters. Like, I don't remember seeing it in theaters. I remember it being well, That's weird because I don't either because I was even younger and I cannot remember. My aunt said I cried so much when I saw it. I was scared of Ursula or something. I oh, can't really? remember. <laughs> Yeah, I said I remember having the clamshell, like white clamshell VHS, and just seeing that all the time in like yeah. 1990, 1991, like just seeing that movie a million times. But I don't remember seeing it in theaters. But I, I know Turtles, I do remember seeing in theaters. I guess because, you know, I didn't know I was going to like The Little Mermaid at first. I was like, oh, we're just going to see this dumb girl movie for my sister. Or <laughs> but Turtles was like, this is my shit. Like, we're going to go see my shit right now. So yeah. it was like, um, the thing that you know, the thing that blows my mind the most, though, I'll get to how it how it felt in a second. But the way I remember it is, I was into turtles for ages, like the cartoons and the toy lines, and then finally, the the heavens parted and this movie came down. But in retrospect, I got into the turtles in July of 1989. Less than a year later, the fucking movie came out. So it was like it doesn't for that back then. It felt like it was ages that I was into turtles before the movie came out, but. No, I saw this sucker in theaters, so it's like, it was what, was it March or April? of uh, March, everything, all the movies came out around March, which is when my birthday okay. is, so yeah. They should have done April, since, you know, April O'Neil, but. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I remember, like, I saw it in theaters, so it, that was only like, what, like, like six, seven months after I got into Turtles, this movie already came out. I, I remember it just felt like I was so familiar with this franchise already. And uh, it, it was like, this was my thing. It was like Turtles and Mario. It doesn't get better than that. I, I Yeah, I just remember seeing the first time because they, they did such a good job of keeping you in suspense. They knew like, this is going to be exciting. We kn They knew their suits were amazing because I didn't see the commercials and stuff. I didn't know what they were going to look like going into the movie. And uh, I remember seeing you get that shot of Raph, and he first goes, "Damn, he's in the sewer," yeah. and you can just barely make out. Like, oh, I think I'm getting that's goosebumps Raph. right now just it. thinking about this intro. <laughs> like you saw a size, like that's got to be Raph. But it's like, oh, he doesn't sound like the cartoon one. But like, oh man, he looks like a, he looks real. Like there's like scales on him and stuff. And then you can see their shadows walking through the tunnel, and then the, the the logo flashes. And like it's just like the hype is insane. And then when they jump out and they start going radical and everything, Dude. it's like. <laughs> oh, when I was a kid, I just would sit there. I'd be so pumped up. As soon as they jump, I'd jump out. Like, God, I, that is one of my – both one and two, just banger intros, you know what I mean? Did, that, yeah. Like, it does. It got – like you said, they just – they got your suspense built up, and then they pop out, and you're like, holy shit, these guys look yeah. amazing. Yeah, and they looked so much better than I even thought they were going to. Like, they, they looked – you don't like I obviously as a kid I wasn't dumb enough to think those are the real teenage mutant ninja turtles, but your mind tells you they are. Like even though like, you know it's a guy in a suit, you're just like, that's a real ninja turtle, dude. Yeah. That's what they actually look like. Like <laughs> if it's they were still, real, it they still look blows like my mind that they they could make like again. I mean, we're gonna have to talk about this for a minute, but Jim Henson, like that man, there's never gonna be another person like him that walks the no. earth. You know what I mean? What he was yeah. doing then. It still holds up. Like I don't think there's been any Turtles movie design better than those original costumes, and they were yeah. fucking puppets. Like <laughs> yeah. it, it's insane to me to think that they can make that. And I know they had separate suits that didn't have the animatronics for their fighting and stuff like that. And then they had the animatronics ones, but like the first movie, man, those heads are just so dialed in with the way they yeah. talk and the way they move and the way they just have expressions on their face. Like it there's never going to be lightning like that bottled again. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're, they're just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know 
I, I can't even find the right words to give for a compliment because it just Jim Henson just made magic with those suits in the first movie. He did. I was just, I can't think of a word. I was gonna I was gonna suggest pork rind. Right. Pork rind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, his his suit he said at that time that those were the best things he ever made in his life. I believe uh, it. The only thing I, I think, because I know he passed away when working in between Turtles 1 and Turtles 2, and he passed away during the production of this show, but dinosaurs, those were insane, those suits. Do you remember dinosaurs? TV especially? Like, yeah. It's very hard to believe they had a budget like that because you know those things aren't cheap, you know what I mean? No, yeah. And they're not like, at least, because I, I can think the Turtles could very well be the most impressive thing he ever made, but for me, I feel like it's got to be the dinosaurs because it's like, the turtles are still shaped like humans. Mm-hmm. You look like Earl, like the dad from that. His legs don't start until like, you know, right before his belly touches the ground yeah. and his belly touches the ground. He's got this huge tail. Like they're not shaped like humans at all, but they move like humans and like they emote so much and they're so detailed and scaly and the coloring is airbrushed so perfectly. And it's like Jim Henson was just on a freaking roll at that time. Like, he it, was it, just it, <laughs> It's just unbelievable. And it's just so weird that, nobody else could make puppets like that you know what i mean even his kid couldn't do as good of a job like (laughs) but like nobody was doing that because if you think all the puppet shows sesame street eureka's castle like everything was jim henson every i'm pretty sure fraggle rock was jim henson Henson. i didn't know eureka was i know i know fraggle rock was um kermit was actually in an episode of eureka i'm pretty sure at one point I heard Eureka's Castle was written by R.L. Stein, who did Goosebumps. It was. I think he did it under a pseudonym. I could be wrong on that one. I might be wrong, but he might have done it under a pseudonym. Oh, uh, okay. Because I remember the Goosebumps books used to write that in the back, like about the author, right? He's also the writer of the hit show Eureka's Okay, Castle. maybe I'm wrong on that one then. I thought maybe because he didn't want to do like anything but horror at the time. I think I don't think he did call himself that because Stein was like I'm guessing that was just like his horror name like Frankenstein even though he spelled it wrong but like you know he did Fear Street as R.L. Stein and the Goosebumps as R.L. Stein but but anyway uh (laughs) yeah so the uh Jim Henson Creature Shop I I can't imagine what he'd be doing if he he hadn't passed away there how good his his craft would have gotten but um, movies would be totally different I feel like practical effects would have lasted way longer than they did and yeah. possibly still be. i mean could you imagine what he could do with that technology <laughs> now with our yeah. stuff today I, I can't even yeah I, I can't imagine honestly like the, the one thing i'll say that like most people agree was the biggest flaw in the original ones if there had to be one was the mouth movement and i still think it looks really good for a turtle head mimicking human mouth movement with a motorized puppet it's amazing but I guess that is the one thing that kind of is the telltale sign. Like these things aren't real. You can kind of see sometimes the mouths are a little like that, like yeah. a little sock puppety, I guess. But I still think they look amazing. But like, imagine how much better his motorized mouth movement would have been today if he was still perfecting that craft since 1990. Yeah, it, yeah it's, 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 really, it's really a shame. I could get into like a whole discussion about like, you know, how great Jim Henson was and how I, I kind of... I feel it's a little disrespectful what some people have done with his brand over time, but uh, I mean that happens to everybody after they die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like family, just I mean they don't care about that. They want the money. <laughs> like you're getting yeah. dump trucks full of money dropped off to you. Like most people are gonna sell out. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Henson almost didn't do the turtles though because he said he thought it was too violent. Yeah, and uh, which is funny that he's like I don't think this is good for kids. You know, turtles punching evil ninjas, but it's like you had no problem 
in like labyrinth making those horrifying fire gang monsters pulling their eyeballs out of their heads and wanting yeah. to rip rip the girl jennifer connelly's head off and stuff and it's like <laughs> i mean like, let's be real though in the 80s and 90s the standards of what is appropriate for children was much much different you know what i yeah. mean like scary was was totally fine for kids like you can yeah. make a kid's property as horrifying as you want stuff like the last unicorn and labyrinth and like dark crystal just had like creepy shit in yeah. <laughs> and everyone was fine but like explicit violence was a problem oh yeah always biggest no no and again i get it because i mean what happens when kids see people doing karate stuff they want to start doing karate you know what i mean who do they do it on their brothers and sisters (laughs) so i get it to an extent yeah and i get i get where he's coming from in the first movie it wasn't like the cartoon show where the foot soldiers are just like dumb robots these are like troubled teens and kids who like you know they're they're doing like they're, they're being manipulated and stuff so i can get like it's a little more messed up when you're just, you know, laughing and punching the shit out of some of a troubled 15 year old, as opposed to a robot. So like, I guess like it's a bit darker in that way, but yeah. I mean, especially if they like the stuff they cut out, like there's the one scene where Tatsu, when he goes berserk and like starts beating the shit out of all those oh, guys, yeah. he supposedly killed the one kid in the scene and they yeah. don't, they didn't even film around that. So they just have to like, when it's away from him putting the coughing in the background to make it sound like he came back too, but he really yeah. killed him in that scene. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I have heard that. I think, I think if you listen closely, someone says like he's breathing or something. Yep. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, originally he just straight up murdered that kid as an example. Oh, real quick though. Actually back to action figure news, the best action figure news for NECA for the longest time. It's apparently it's not official, but word is the actor who plays Tatsu finally gave the okay for the action figure for the movie line. Dude, that's it. Like that that line, the first movie will be complete for me if I get yeah. Tatsu. I do not need anything else. Like that just wraps it up right there. Like I, I that that is just yeah, that happens awesome because that I, I, I was just gonna pretend like it was never gonna happen, so it didn't bother <laughs> me, but that's amazing because he is like if there was eight characters, I think he makes the top eight, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you get the turtles, you get April, Splinter, I mean I guess Casey, so maybe nine he's nine then probably you know what i mean so he's yeah. very important that's just awesome yeah it is I, he was like he was once we started getting like shredder and splinter we were after the four turtles i was like oh when's tatsu coming yeah. <laughs> like, I, like tatsu's but apparently he's actually like a real martial artist and like he just he was hard to get a hold of he doesn't really respond a lot because he's busy just training people yeah i don't think he gives a crap like i think that's mostly <laughs> what it is is he like he doesn't like he doesn't really get it. You know what I mean? Because he's just so much in the real world. Unlike us adults that have something terribly wrong with us. inside. (laughs) He's well adjusted. So he doesn't care. And I think he's the kind of guy that he cares more about honor than money too. You know what I mean? So the money wasn't speaking to him, which respect for anybody that's like that. I wish I could be like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It it is. It's just very cool that we will be getting that figure. Cause again, like Tatsu, I mean, it's weird that they never threw him in the cartoon either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he is like the main number two henchman or number one henchman for the first two movies. Yeah. He, he was a, he was a boss in Hyperstone heist on Genesis. Okay. I've never played that version then. Uh, they really slacked on the bosses. There's not even bebop. There's just rock steady leatherhead and Tatsu. And then you just fight recolors of them. But um, they got Tatsu. So that, oh no, actually he was also in turtles in time, the arcade, I think. Right. Could be I wrong. Don't 
think so. They I just didn't played have... through the arcade version. I haven't played through the NES version in a while. He or the SNES oh, the version in a while. The Super NES one had had Slash, but I I want to say the arcade one actually had Tatsu. I could be wrong. It could just be Hyperstone. I don't think he's in the first one. He's not in the arcade version anyway. Okay, because yeah, uh, I, I remember at a convention I played. The last time I played it was at a convention back in like 2015 with some friends. There was actually a cabinet, like the vintage cabinet, signed by Peter, uh, Kevin Eastman, actually. Mm. And uh, we, we played like four-player mode on there. But um, that's the last time I played it. I don't remember. I, I know Slash isn't in the arcade. He's only in the Super Nintendo. He's not. It's, I can't remember who was all in it right now, but he wasn't. It was Because I, I never played the arcade all the way fully through until I got this one. I've only ever played the SNES version, so I was surprised at how much less was in the arcade version. Yeah, the Super Nintendo one's actually the better game. But... Oh, definitely. It definitely is. <laughs> yeah, anyway, back to the, the movies. I guess this is the perfect way to segue into uh, Turtles 2 for a bit. I was going to say, I so... still have a lot more to say about the first movie, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I do too, but we might come back to it. But I, I guess while we're on the topic of Jim Henson, though, yeah, like, again, his team, they're, they're really good, but they're not quite as good as when he's there because Secret of the Use, they're still great, the 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 Rosar and Toka are awesome, but again, they they're, they're just not as natural moving as like you know, the characters from Dinosaurs or something. And the characters from Dinosaurs really show that these really inhuman, monstrous characters, Jim Henson can make them look human and uh, make them believably like you know talking and stuff. Or Rosar and Toka, I feel like they almost made them babies simply so that they wouldn't have to make them like express that much and emote that much and stuff. So like they could work around that. Uh, I could be wrong, but that's, but do you think that's kind of just because of like the way those characters are being played? Because I feel like the dinosaurs, even though those suits look very cumbersome, they still use very like human hand gestures and like, you know what I mean? And just the way they move their heads and stuff like that. It's very human. Like to where, Token Razar, I feel like they are just played kind of like big beasts, you know what I mean? And yeah. Like, I, I feel like, because, again, the Token Razar suits, like, I, I think they're pretty damn good, you know what I they mean? Are, like, yeah. those still look pretty amazing. They definitely, they look a little more dead in the eyes, I feel like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's where I sense what you're talking about, kind of. Like, there's just something in the eyes that just doesn't look quite alive to me on those. Like, they, they, yeah. uh, they look like animatronic eyes to me, but... As far as like the facial expressions, I mean, when Toka moves his eyebrows and stuff like that, like yeah. that's a pretty damn animated <laughs> facial gesture for something like that. It is. I do think that's a perfect way to say it is the eyes are kind of dead. Uh, like thinking, I'm sure they can turn the eyes, but thinking about, I think that's very limited because I feel like most times, if if say Razar wants to turn and look at Toka, he doesn't just look over at him; he turns his whole head, kind of like Batman '89, where he couldn't move his neck, or like he'll have to turn and look at toka because his eyes are kind of always looking forward yeah and uh so i bet those are because okay so the turtle suits all the animatronics were in the head and i'm assuming they probably had to run stuff up for token razar so they probably made it so they couldn't move anything to disrupt the animatronics would be my guess on those i just feel like the eyes don't move that much i feel like also razar's mouth is kind of just like I guess like you could go the extra mile and make him like pant like a, like a wolf or something. Yeah. His mouth kind of just always hung open in that same, like half open kind mm-hmm. of uh, like, like, well, I guess they'd have to be hanging. Well, yeah, because the, that's where the actor saw out of was the mouth and stuff like that. Wasn't it? 
I think so. So yeah, they gotta actually be have to be able to see at some point. Yeah. So I don't know where the hell the actors looked out from the dinosaur suits because those were like the mouths are tight. Yeah, they have like especially because like um Freddie Eddie, what's the boy's name? Robbie. Robbie, yeah, well, Robbie. Um, because he kind of has like a longer face, you know what I mean? So like yeah, I feel so like the mom, that would yeah. give like more tunnel vision coming out of there. But I guess they were playing a sitcom, whereas Razar and Toka have to do like fighting, fight choreography. So I guess Razar and Toka had to be able a bit more mobile and a bit more limited on the expressive side. Yeah. So because yeah, it makes sense, you know, like Razar and Toka aren't just, you know hanging out at work and talking about family problems right. like they're, they're they're fighting so that's like their main purpose is to fight the turtles so i guess they 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 made a good trade-off i guess there but i would i would love seeing the dinosaurs ones though it's like can you imagine how good like leatherhead would have looked in like the jim henson style because like that's the, why the dinosaurs... i just wish so do you think that might be the reason they went such a different direction for the third movie is because they weren't going to be able to pull off all the cool animatronics and stuff like that. Because it's weird that we had these two new mutants and like, it just seemed like that should have been the route to go as opposed to all the weird stuff that happened in the third movie. You know what I mean? But I feel like that probably was just a skirt around to be like, okay, like we're going to do these turtle suits and we don't know how to do anything else really. So you mean your favorite turtles villain is not my favorite. All right, let's not go there. But Walker? I don't think it's as bad as people think say it is. The le- the legendary Walker, the greatest Turtles villain of all time. Oh uh, yeah, he's terrible. I'm not gonna lie. I'm <laughs> very glad he dies. Like he's one, even as a kid, I was like, see you. <laughs> yeah. I, but, so, I do have to say Turtles 3 is is uh, yeah, actually we'll get to Turtles 3. Like, yeah, we'll so let's there. I mean we're riding the suit wave. Let's just talk about let's just get this out of the way. There's not even a lot to talk about, but yes, by the time the third movie rolls around, the second movie suits. I know they're not nearly as good as the first movie, but they still weren't terrible. They had their own vibe. Um, yeah. And again, as a kid, I liked those designs. I, I, I almost, I don't know if I liked them more, but again, the second movie, I just really love. I love those designs. I don't, I don't feel all the liver spots and stuff like that, but the third movie, I mean, they just took everything that people didn't like about the second movie designs and just ramped it up even more for that one. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have Jim Henson anymore in the third one. It's uh, very apparent. Very yeah. apparent. Those suits, I mean, for a small company, they're not bad compared to what we had. They're absolute dog shit. <laughs> oh, uh, and they're, again, they're, I can't they're... remember, like, I've probably listened to 10,000 hours of you talking at this point on videos. Did you touch on the fact that Splinter was just like only built from the half up? Like, he really was just a puppet in that one. They didn't even make a full Splinter suit for that one. I honestly, I don't remember if I, t- I know about that, but I, I don't, I don't remember if I touched upon that or not. My, my, yeah, so they I, didn't even go the whole nine yards for Splinter. He was just a puppet. He was always like behind something. So you never saw his lower half. Yeah. And again, as the movie goes on, it doesn't bother me as much, but the intro sequence, did you touch on that? I can't remember. But uh, they, I they, can't they, ever remember they, if I'm just regurgitating things you've said before. Cause I've listened to you talk about this stuff so much. I didn't talk about that. I think you're, I don't think you're regurgitating stuff. I mentioned, I think you're regurgitating stuff that James Rolfe mentioned in his. Okay. That also <laughs> might come together in my head too. Yes. Because yeah. his version is very burned in my brain too, but they come this, dancing in the ZZ top. And they're like... Yeah. But I really just want to touch on like the suits and the faces. Like when they're doing all their stuff in the beginning, they're all like the facial expressions are just dead. Like there yeah. is no soul in those faces whatsoever. And that is an adult. That's like just the first thing I see when I watch that movie. Now, after that, it gets better for me. But yeah, yeah, like they just did not. 
like it yeah it's just very disappointing that those suits slid that far by the third movie to be totally honest i don't think the, the third movie suits are even that much better than the coming out of their shells tour suits well like, i mean those are the worst ones of all <laughs> i feel like that's, that's, what, I, that's what i'm saying is they're barely better than them yeah like, those ones are terrifying like <laughs> and again that's what i love about the NECA figures is they look equally terrifying but <laughs> Yeah, there's just something weird about the eyes on those ones. Those dudes just look like Chuck E. Cheese animatronic <laughs> eyes to me. Yeah, I think I don't find them as creepy as other people do, but I think like the, the third movie, they, obviously there's like there's motor dry stuff in the face that those mm-hmm. ones don't have, but they're they're barely that much more advanced than the the coming out of their shells tour suits. So like they for a movie, especially the third in a trilogy, when the past two had really good animatronics, it just seems like. If you're if the quality is this much lower, it almost seems like why did you even bother? Like I mean, I mean money. I that, that's why money. Turtles money. was still <laughs> I mean a cash cow at the time, and it, yeah, like, yeah. Some people say the third movie is kind of what tanked the franchise for people. I think like, it a was. lot of kids got turned off. And again, I, I can understand if people were aged out at that point as well. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. the thing. Like if people were like man, this just isn't doing it for me, and you're kind of growing up. I could really see how, even as a kid, a lot of people didn't like the third one. But, I mean, I was still six when that one came out. And, I mean, six-year-olds aren't the smartest people in the world. So <laughs> I didn't think it was as terrible as everybody else did. Because, um, again, with these movies, the second and the third one, like I said, I was born in March. So that's what I did for my fourth and sixth birthdays is I saw the second movie in theaters and I saw the third movie in theaters and, Again, that those are just very special memories to me. And I think that might be why I look back on the third one a little bit more fondly. And yeah. again, as an adult, I know it's not a great movie. I get it. I watch it regularly. I know it's terrible, but it has some good points to it. Like, I, I'm not going to yeah. lie. The fact that they got in the Wayne's World boner joke, like, that, <laughs> that's, that's a win for me as an adult. You know what I mean? Like, it's very cool to see something like that in there. Yeah. I I think I said this. So I, if anyone wants to hear my really detailed thoughts on any of the first three movies or any turtles movie in my channel on yeah, YouTube. whole other three hours of content out there for you <laughs> yeah. rambles I, on youtube i covered all of the movies but uh but yeah obviously i'm gonna do some repeating here the, the third one honestly i i like the parts better that aren't really about the turtles i like i like the village i like the way they built the village and i like the more serious scenes i like like mike's story with mitsu mitsu I like mm-hmm. Raph's story with Yoshi, the little kid. I don't I don't like the parts where the turtles are just being the turtles as much because it's like, all right, rapid fire like jokes. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, the, the, some of them are like charming, but then some of them are just like, you know, I'm I'm all for a cheesy joke, but like they weren't even trying when they wrote some of those. I'm retracing, you know, stuff that James Rolfe said 20 years ago at this point, but that Adam's family joke, I still don't get it. The, the bad guys show up, the turtles are there, and Donatello just goes, you were expecting maybe the Adam's family? Yeah. I don't get it. Like, <laughs> No, that is just a terrible joke, exactly. That wasn't even in my brain because it's so bad. I clearly just and, rejected that and one. And he's like swaying his head back and forth all sassy. Like it's like the, the best freaking joke he's ever said in his life. And it was apparently in the trailer also. And it's like, I don't get it. Was it just because the Adam's family had a movie recently? I mean, that had to have been why. So it definitely seems way less relevant at the time. So, yeah, I guess it was a trailer. It might have been a trailer gag. Maybe the trailer started off not telling you what movie it was going to be. And then it cut to that. Uh, we're at, we're talking. Because that's what it was. The serious movie guy voice is talking. 
<laughs> yeah, almost like uh, Ghostbusters. Oh no, uh, it's Three Stooges on NES. It starts off as Ghostbusters Two, and then they walk in. And they're like, "What's this? This looks like a kids' game." Dude, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh man, I that's one NES game I haven't played since I was a kid. I totally forgot about that. Oh, I didn't have that one as a kid, but my cousin did, and I loved playing it over there. The one where you're eating the soup, trying to get the things, and the clams keep taking <laughs> it, dude. Yeah, that's good. Um. But yeah, like, and again, I understand as an adult, if you think it's stupid, think it's cheesy, I get it. But I don't know, there's, it it just, nostalgia is very strong for me. So I still just will always have a soft, soft, soft spot for that one. And the one thing that is just burned in my brain, and do you, do you watch Toy Galaxy that's now Secret Galaxy? I've seen like a couple videos. I haven't watched them like hardcore. So Dan Larson, he's, he's probably one of my favorite dudes on YouTube, honestly, but he was going over the third movie. And the fact that he brought this up, that song Tarzan Boy by Baltimore. (laughs) Oh my God, man. The first time I heard that baked into my brain, I was like, this song is amazing. And then it also appears in Beverly Hills Ninja too, when he's up on the palm tree, (laughs) rocking it back and forth. They play it there too. I didn't know there was a Beverly Hills Ninja too. No, I meant Beverly Hills Ninja also. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I talk fast and slur words together, so it sounds like that. Yeah, I was gonna um, say like they made two without Chris Farley, really? No, dude, yeah, never, dude. That that's probably that's easily my top point too. I feel like that's an underrated movie, but um, never seen it. Yeah, oh, you got something to do this weekend, man. <laughs> dude, that's one of Farley's best. Oh yeah, we'll talk about that later because I don't want to waste any more time talking about it. But yeah, um. That song is just one song. When I hear it and I make my girlfriend listen to it in the car all the time, like it just takes me back to the early 90s. That's one of the most like that song is like a time machine. And that's what I think of as Turtles and Beverly Hills Ninjas when I see it. And again, it's just one of those things. I know it's a very minuscule part of the movie, but it's it's just something that I remember from my childhood and it's very special to me. That was definitely, even though it's funny because the song came out in the 80s, mm-hmm. but that too was my first time hearing the song. Was in Turtle I thought it was Parade. a 90s song until I actually downloaded it so I could start <laughs> listening to it to death. Yeah, and I was shocked that it was an 80s song. Yeah, I mean, it sounds 80s as hell, but it was in so many 90s movies that yeah. it was like, uh, yeah, the, the, I, mean, I, I love that song. <laughs> but uh, there, there yeah, are some times that me of that scene where Casey's in the bar. Like, that's, that's, that is kind <laughs> well, of, the, like, I wish Casey would have got to do some badass stuff, but. He's hanging out with all those Japanese dudes. Like, it, that's like some of my favorite shtick from the movie for yeah. sure. Yeah, but he's like babysitting them basically. Yeah. There was, I think that was actually the best comedy. Was that I actually almost wish there was so more, more scenes of that than I agree. <laughs> than you know, help I'm a turtle and I can't get up. But uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that that's one I did remember from your video. So I was gonna say because I was gonna bring up terrible jokes. Yeah, help I'm a turtle and I can't get up. Yeah. You know, that is, that does happen sometimes. Like, I know, so, you know the Peter Gabriel song, In Your Eyes? No. Oh, okay. It's the one from, what the hell is the movie, where the guy holds up the boombox outside the girl's window and just plays it, and, uh, but anyway. Oh, I, I yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. That came out in the 80s, the movie too, but, like, the, the song came out in the 80s. For some reason, when I was in third grade, in, like, 95, 94, 95, I heard that song so much, that song just transported me back to 1995. Yeah. Like, I hear it, but anyway. Yeah, so you still had more stuff to say about the first movie. So I guess let's travel back to the first movie before we get into talking about the sequels as much. So Yeah, so um, so going back to the first movie, one of the coolest things that happened to me as, as an adult is when I started reading the Image comic, or not the Image, when I started reading the Mirage comics, and 
reading through that first arc, like those first 20 issues, it just blew my mind, like seeing where all that source material actually came from. Like that really, like, I don't know, like that was just like my whole life coming full circle. I feel like, (laughs) like at the last thing that I learned about was the first thing, you know what I mean? And just, yeah, that's one thing I know even Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird say they wanted it more like the comics, but I think it's one of the best comic book adaptions of all time. Yeah, I think so. I think it's one of the most faithful adaptations. I also think it's like, uh, so I, I love the Mirage comics. I do. I do think they're really good. Best Turtles comics ever. I mean, I haven't read a ton of the other ones, but Mirage and, and Last Ronin are the ones I've read the most of. Um, it's between those two, Last Ronin and Mirage. I think Mirage, just for classic sake and impact sake, might get number one for me. But I do think the the, the movie... Personally, I think it's actually an improvement on the, the Mirage comics. I, like the Mirage comics are great, but I think the movie just gave it that extra oomph, that extra like identity that it, it just needed to be even better. And I think the yeah. 1990 movie, it's better than the cartoon, it's better than the comics, and it's like faithful to both at the same time. I, I think and, uh, again, you just nailed that. Like it's perfect. Like it's the perfect storm of both. And like you said, it takes the good stuff and almost makes it better because again, the the one problem with Mirage and you know, again, they're great comics, but let's be real. There's not a lot of character development. You know what I mean? For the first 10 issues, like if they didn't do the one-offs for each of the turtles, like it would be really hard to tell them apart. Like as far as like their personalities and stuff like that, there really wasn't a lot of variation. So that's what I feel like the movie really improved upon from the comics is like we had the character development and we had these unique personalities for each of the turtles, which again, even though their comics were longer comics too, I think they're 40 pages per issue or whatever. Like they still just a comic cannot tell the story that a full length movie can. There's that nuance you can get with video that you just can't get in writing. Um, yeah. And you, know, you, especially, yeah, you read the earlier comics. The first issue, they're just bat. There's four Batman, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, um, they're cool, but like they don't have those like those personalities. And you know, the '87 show is greatly to thank for those personalities. Yeah. Um, because even though like Raph is probably the most different from the cartoon mm-hmm. show to the movie, they're still all kind of built on it. Raph's always kind of been like the rebel kind of, and. uh you know, Mikey's the fun party dude. Don's the brains. Although they actually, they actually don't focus on Don being the brain that much in the movie. That's what um, I was gonna say. Like he's like, I feel like the least developed character in that movie for sure. Like it, it really doesn't. I feel like he's almost the sarcastic one. He's almost more yeah. animated series Raph in that one, and then Raph is just this locker room cancer that doesn't exist anywhere else but that movie <laughs> universe at the time. Well, like I said, I think in my video on it. uh, I feel like Donnie is kind of shown to be smarter and more mature than the other ones. It's just done a little more subtle. He's not building portals out of toasters and stuff. Like he's, they they do show his mechanical side when he's helping Casey with the truck. I think just the fact that like he is kind of a he's a bit more mature than the other turtles. Like he he'll try to comfort them when they're down and stuff. Like he's the one who comforts Mike when he's crying. He's asking Mike, you know, what do we do when when Splinter dies? He's an old man. He's going to die soon. And none of the other turtles are thinking of that as a reality or they're not letting themselves think about it because yeah. it hurts so then mike doesn't even acknowledge it in that scene yeah so. so like donnie just is kind of shown to be like and i almost saw his joking more as he's a bit more humble he's thought about these things a bit more so he he's not 
as emotional as the other turtles because he's actually thought about this stuff like he lets himself think about these things whereas the other turtles bottle their emotions up and don't want to would like face these things and uh like my, like donnie's a little more humble than the other turtles i yeah. felt in the movie. and then leo is just you know he's he's leo and so yeah i yeah. feel like leo and mikey are definitely the two like most like cliche versions of themselves in that yeah. for sure like right and it sets it off right in the beginning like leonardo comes in yes master splinter you know what i mean like he's just yeah he's he's the schoolboy or that schoolboy like the boy scout archetype yeah. perfect apple polisher type student all right you guys so we're about an hour into this movie conversation and we realize we just have a lot more to say so we're actually gonna cut this one off right here and we're gonna make this one a two-parter because like I said, I feel like we barely scratched the surface on this, and I, I've been pumped to talk about this stuff, so I just I want to talk about it in another episode. Yeah, we still have a lot more to say. It's hard to cover three movies in, in one hour, so yeah, come back in two weeks, and we're going to continue this discussion. All right, so yeah, so that's all we got for you guys in this one, so yeah, I guess take it easy, and see you guys later. Peace. Peace.